0: Hello and welcome to the three-time Academy Award-nominated podcast, The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a medical student and eventually a physician. Welcome to the Pre-Med Years. As I said at the beginning, my name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and if this is the first time you are joining me here today, thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen. I have an amazing guest today who I will introduce in one second, but before I do that, I want to let you know that the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the MCAT is finally available on Kindle and paperback. Just go check it out, MCATbook.com. Remember, you don't have to have a Kindle device to read a Kindle book. They have apps on the iPhone, Android phones, PC, Mac, whatever you need. So Kindle, paperback, amazon.com. Just go to mcapbook.com for the links. All right, so today's guest is a non-traditional student, somebody who started off college as an athlete, didn't do very well, didn't come from a family that supported education as much as maybe the next person, struggled in his undergrad, settled on going into the business world, but was always missing something. And now he has an acceptance to medical school, multiple acceptance, actually, and will be starting medical school at his top choice here coming up in August. So let's bring on Nick and listen to his journey. Nick, welcome to the pre-med years. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks, Dr. Gray. It's great to be here.
0: So I want to congratulate you on your successful application cycle. But before we get to that and why you were successful, I want to find out from you when you first realized you wanted to be a physician.
1: Yeah, well, thank you, Dr. Gray. Um, Yeah, you know, it's kind of been a long journey for me. Uh, There's kind of my initial realization that I wanted to do medicine and then a total shift in my life and then uh, eventually finding my way back. Um, So I originally uh, learned that I wanted to be a physician by realizing that I had a strong interest in healthcare uh, as a kid. Um, My grandpa had some health issues and I took some interest in his health. He was very obese and had everything associated with that from heart disease to diabetes. And um, I went to a lot of his doctor's appointments and just kind of followed his health journey and uh, took a great interest in, and in making sure that he was taking his medication and all of that. And and that was the initial dig, in and in the initial thing that kind of brought me into uh, medicine. I also worked in a nursing home as a teenager, and that was another formative um, event, just kind of drawing me toward people. Uh, who are facing health challenges
0: why were you working in a nursing home
1: uh (laughs) well i needed a job
0: to pay for my car (laughs) yeah and you you figured a nursing home is the best place to do that
1: yeah well my grandmother uh also worked at the nursing home so she kind of helped me get the job okay there we go i had an in
0: yeah and how old were you when you were going through the stuff with your grandfather
1: uh it would have been um my early teen years i i mean even uh he started having health issues you know when I was a preteen but uh um yeah, so that would have been like when I really took interest, it probably would have been fourteen fifteen years old,
0: yeah, so what was it like coming from and I know your story so i can I can lead you a little bit here yeah coming from your family where education really wasn't valued, what was it like? when you would announce to the world like I think I want to be a doctor uh
1: you know I think there were a few people that were like oh yeah right whatever uh you know you'll kind of do whatever everybody in the family does and just kind of get a job out of high school and and work and you know there were a few people that were supportive and said kind words but for the most part there wasn't a lot of support there um but uh you know, uh, I kept saying that I wanted to go to college and I wanted to, um, do more than, than just what I was seeing around me.
0: Yeah. And, and describe the kind of area that you grew up in. Um, yeah, I grew
1: up in a small town in Iowa and, uh, kind of, a. I mean, uh, most of the country would say it's rural in Iowa. It's, you know, a good sized town, <laughs> but, uh, um yeah, there was a lot of uh you know, blue collar kind of jobs where you you know go to high school and you get out and you try to find something in mining or agriculture or, or something like that. And some people went to college, but usually if you went to college it was the local community college for a couple of years and, and then you kinda moved on from there into your, your job.
0: As you were thinking about this whole medicine thing, physician thing not having the best support potentially at home, how did you figure out your next steps transitioning from high school to college?
1: Uh, yeah, um, I, I think, uh, well, I was involved in educational talent search in, uh, in high school, and that kind of helped direct me a little bit. That was kind of my early college guidance. Um, uh, I also was an athlete. So I wanted to uh, go play sports. So any way I could do that, I was going to at the collegiate level. So I I did uh, get a little guidance there um, as well from, from coaches trying to get me to go to their school. And, you know, eventually I, I did go to a college where I could play football.
0: So you go to college, you're playing football. At what point along the way did did things start to crumble for you
1: <laughs> it was pretty early on uh, i had an early injury and uh you know that whole i think everybody at at least some level has a little bit of homesickness when they first hit college um so there was probably a little bit of that with the injury uh so things not really going my way um and then just not being prepared for college in general. Uh, I don't know that, you know, I, I think I had the book smarts and I took college prep courses, but I, I don't know that I was really ready to take that dive personally. Um, and I, I didn't have the study habits that I needed to have to be successful in college. And uh, so really that first semester was pretty bad. And then that second semester, freshman year, I, I pretty well tanked. I, I didn't end up failing anything, but I was about as close as you could, could get <laughs> without
0: So being, failing. being a student athlete is very similar to a, a non-athlete pre-med student coming in saying, oh, I need to go volunteer, I need to get some clinical experience, I need to shadow, I need to join all the clubs, where the attention is divided way more than it should have. Looking back, being a student athlete, being pre-med, do you think that's possible?
1: Yeah, I think it is. I I've actually seen it um, happen. It, it's it's difficult, very very difficult, um, and it's going to take a lot of extra work if you want to be a student athlete and and succeed. But I've had friends that I I played with uh, that are physicians now, and I I doing my post back work ran into a couple of uh, athletes at an even higher collegiate level than than I was involved with that. You made it work. It, it's taken them a lot of diligence and hard work and some sacrifice along the way. It can be done.
0: How long was it between graduating from college, entering your corporate world? Did you realize that maybe you made a mistake?
1: <laughs> um, I, uh, I would say uh, probably... Uh, four or five years in, I realized, wow, this isn't where I should be. But it took me a long time to really come to terms with that. Uh, that, wow, um, I, I took a wrong turn somewhere along the way. Uh, and then, you know, that that's a difficult thing. I, I, I think I processed that for several years before I decided that it was really time to, to take the plunge. Um, so I worked in a couple of different careers, one for three years and one for six years before I, I decided to quit it all and, and go back and pursue medicine.
0: What did that discussion look like for you? What did that, what did those feelings feel like when, when you started to, to question?
1: Uh, a lot of fear, I think fear that first I, you know, when I really made the decision, my wife was pregnant, um, So there's fear that, wow, how am I going to take care of my family? Fear that, can I actually do this? Do I, you know, have what it takes to be a medical student? Am I smart enough? Uh, Am I capable? And, you know, just that general fear of change. It's really easy to to continue doing what you're doing. And and especially if you're good at it and, and you're relatively successful, why leave something you're good at, you know, even if maybe you don't totally love it? That's really where the fear was.
0: What eventually got you over that fear?
1: I finally, I I had a really hard time broaching the subject with my wife. And I think her support and her enthusiasm really helped put me at ease. Also, knowing that, hey, I've been successful at at other things, both academically outside of uh, my undergraduate years and, you know, in business, that, oh, yeah, maybe... Maybe I can do this. Maybe I am capable and I do have what it takes. And then having my wife on board uh, with, you know, her saying, hey, we can make this work. You know, we'll have to make some sacrifices, but we'll we'll still be able to take care of the kids and the family and, and all that. She's been a, a huge help.
0: What if she didn't support you? <laughs>
1: you know, that that would be uh, very difficult for, you know, I, I think... Um, if she was totally unsupportive, you know, I, I'd probably keep pushing at it and asking her, but I ultimately, I probably wouldn't have taken that step. You know, my, my marriage comes before uh, my dreams to be a physician. So yeah, I, I, I would have gone that route.
0: It's hard when, and I've talked to students recently whose significant other isn't uh, e- either as supportive as they can be, or should be, or, or actively not supportive, and so that's very hard. So where do you, where do you draw yeah. the line, and, and what where do you follow? Do you follow your passions, or do you follow the the marriage certificate?
1: Yeah, and you know I think that an open dialogue is important there. You know, why are you, you know, thinking this? Why why is this your dream? And, and then trying to understand what the concerns are from the spouse. And, and really breaking that down and, and seeing if, you know, maybe there's somewhere you can meet in the middle. But uh, mm-hmm. that, I, and not to say for us that it's been easy all the time. I think that there are times where both I and my wife have thought, what, a, what was this? What are we doing? <laughs> why, why am I putting myself through this? Why am I putting the family through this? Uh, but then something good happens uh, along the way where, you know, either I had a great experience volunteering or shadowing and it, it kind of brings it back. So this is so cool and this is where I want to be. And and you know, there's a little bit of that family legacy too. You know, how do I change my family legacy and and uh and impact the community yeah. that I'm I'm from. So yeah.
0: There's there there are two huge variables when it comes to thinking about potentially going back to be a pre-med especially for non-traditional students somebody who's been through college already there's there's number one is this what i want to do and it sounds like you went down that path and questioned and came to the conclusion that yes this is what i want but the other huge variable is it realistic is it something that i can do uh not necessarily from a financial standpoint or support standpoint from a significant other but in your case it's a GPA standpoint. So you, your your <laughs> yeah. GPA in undergrad wasn't very good. How do oh, you no. how did you come to the conclusion that that was something you could overcome?
1: <laughs> well, I I uh got on the phone with a, a pre-med advisor um from the university that I decided to do my my post-bac work at and I uh, drilled him with a lot of questions uh, about you know, what, what are medical schools really looking for? Do you think they'll look past this? Um, what do you think? You know, I, I didn't really ask, what do you think my chances are? Because I think if he would have honestly told me, he he probably would have <laughs> said not very good. Um, but, you know, asking him more, do you, do you think somebody can overcome mm-hmm. this kind of GPA? And uh, at, at first, honestly, I, I calculated my GPA incorrectly, because uh, uh, I didn't use and. AMCAS model and, uh, ended up calculating it, uh, based off of what my university had on my transcript. And I, I had retaken a couple of classes, <laughs> so, uh, it was worse than what I thought. Um, so what, but, uh, what was
0: your GPA starting out before you did your post Uh,
1: it was 2.8 something. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I thought it was, you know, closer to 2.98. <laughs> or 3.0 somewhere in there yeah um, so I was a little off okay. um but uh you know i i talked to him and he told me you know it depends on the school but a lot of schools will look at you know what your most recent work is and and he did see that i had done some graduate work and that went well so um you know i don't know that he was uh, totally, yeah, you need to do this. But at the same time, he said it can be done. So uh, that was encouraging. Yeah. And yeah. I, w- I would encourage others to reach out, you know, if they're looking to do this and they're talking to people, uh, you know, reach out to those pre-med advisors and, and ask them uh, a lot of questions.
0: Yeah. And, and even reach out to the medical schools themselves. Reach out to the admissions yeah. committees and, and say, hey, here's, here's my story. What should I do?
1: Exactly. And I I did a lot of that. Uh, The um, school where I live, you know, I periodically uh, would reach out to them and and ask them, hey, I just want to check in. Um, This is what I've been doing. Is this kind of, you know, what you guys like to see? And and just keep that line of communication open, because just like anything in life, uh, you know, showing that interest and and showing, uh, you know, communicating with them and, and letting them know, Hey, I want to go to this school. Um, that helps a lot.
0: Was there any point along your post journey where you were like, why the heck am I doing this? This, this isn't worth the sacrifice.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know that I had too many where I was in total despair, but you know, that, that thought pops into your mind a lot, you know, when you think, oh, this could be so much easier if I would have just stayed in my job. Um, but, I, you know, if it's something that you're passionate about, I, I wasn't passionate about my previous career. I, uh, there's some great opportunities that I had and some things that I enjoyed, but ultimately it didn't bring me much joy. I, I didn't really feel like I was uh, helping people or, or doing anything that was, uh, you know, part of what I feel like I'm called to do in life. And, uh, you know, continuing to focus on, okay, I, I'm passionate about helping sick people and, and caring for people. And, uh, you know, I'm fascinated by, by this world of medicine um, and then spending time with patients. That really helped to bring <laughs> are, me back.
0: Are you telling me that you want to help people and that you like science? <laughs>
1: You know, uh, you always say that uh, we're not supposed to say that, but it's it's really true. Um, <laughs> that's not the only thing that uh, I mean. I I think that if that's the only thing you have, you're probably not going to be sustained in yeah in medicine. But uh, at the same time, it is true uh, that I do like to help people, and I do like science. Yeah. And
0: yeah, um, <laughs> Th- those are like the given ones. Like if you're going down this path, of course that's true. Yeah. What was the 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 biggest setback for you, even as a as a post back student where you you question not whether you should be doing it but whether maybe you you can't do it anymore hmm.
1: um i have i I really struggled with statistics uh as a class um, and i I thought you know going in early on. I'm like, I need to get all A's because I have this really ugly GPA. And spoiler, uh, before I finish this thought, <laughs> you don't need to get all A's, <laughs> even with a bad GPA. Uh, it, they really help. But, you know, if you don't get all A's, it's it's OK. A good schools will still be interested. Um, but I think the first one was that uh, statistics class where I just, like, I'm sitting there not getting statistics. And I'm, I'm not understanding why, like give me chemistry, give me physics. Uh, like I'm doing great in all those classes with this stupid statistics class. Um, and so, you know, I, I had some exams that didn't go well and I was able to work back from those and, and get a, a, a B and, in, in statistics. Um, but, uh, I think that was a real downer, my first real downer. And then my second. Um, I felt like I was studying so hard for the MCAT and then I didn't quite get the score that I wanted. It was a good score. Um, but you know, that was a big hit that like, Oh, is this going to actually work out? Like now that I got the score, that wasn't what I thought I needed to get, to get into the schools that I wanted to get into. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I got into my first choice school and I, I didn't have, I I had a MCAT score that was below their average. Uh, And you know what? An average is is an average.
0: Was it below their average (laughs) or below their median?
1: Uh, I think it might have been below.
0: If it's on uh, the MSAR, it's the median, remember?
1: It was below the median.
0: Median. So half above, half below, which means (laughs) you're just in half of the class, which is completely normal.
1: Yep. It's true. Why do
0: you think you didn't do as well on the MCAT as you wanted to? What could you have done better?
1: Um, you know, if I had to redo the MCAT, which thankfully I don't, <laughs> I would uh, pay for a class. I, I, that's what I didn't do. I, I got the books. I studied. I set time aside. I took a light course load. I literally studied, you know, the better chunk of every day uh, for the MCAT. And I, I didn't see my score move on my practice tests. Like I wanted to see it move. Um, and I, I think it's, you know, the, the MCATs, uh, uh, test on how to take that test <laughs> yep. and, and not so much the content. Cause I, I felt pretty good about the content, but, uh, and, and I even overperformed on some of the sections that I had struggled with in my preparation, but I underperformed on, on, uh, um, a section that I normally did really well on and kind of did uh, about what I expected to do on cars, uh, maybe slightly below. And uh, that was the, the difference. Um, and so
0: how would, a, how would a course have helped you? Because it sounds like you kind of did as well as you expected to do.
1: Well, I didn't see myself improve on the practice test. Okay. So from my first practice test to my last prac- practice test, my score almost didn't change. Um, and that's about what I got on the MCAT. Uh, so, from my my diagnostic test that I took uh, was uh, one point below the actual score that I got.
0: And how how um, many practice tests did you take?
1: A lot. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. I, I don't.
0: Yeah. What What were you doing wrong with the practice tests, as far as reviewing them or not reviewing them, uh, that that your your scores didn't budge?
1: You know, I did review them. I reviewed it, all of them. And, I'm, and, and I had some where I performed really well and, and some where I um, didn't do as well. But I would say my average was about the score I got. And that was the score I started with. Uh, and I would say that maybe I, I wasn't taking the test the right way. It was more of the method of taking the test. Because mm. if I could slow the test down... And just answer questions, you know. I was getting almost all of them right, or not all, almost all of them, but many of them right. Much higher percentage right than uh, um, than I was when I was taking it timed. And and I think I just wasn't maybe managing my time the way that I should have. Mm-hmm. And maybe there were some other things that I could have learned from my class on how to actually take the test versus content. I don't know that I I struggled as much with content as I did. With the mechanics of of the test,
0: yeah, it's all about the practice tests, yeah, and, and it learning is. how to take them. Okay, so maybe maybe a little bit of help through a course, or maybe even just a couple hours with a private tutor to help you work on your test taking skills might have helped.
1: Yeah, I think so, and I I would definitely encourage people to do that, even if you think, oh, I'm pretty good with this content, like I can manage the study on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might forget that you know, the test itself is, is challenging and understanding the mechanics of the test.
0: Yeah. Got it. So you get your test back and it's time to start applying to medical schools. You're a non-traditional student. You have a family, you have kids. How did that discussion go with your significant other about, Hey honey, like these are the schools I want to apply to. Are you up with for moving and all this fun stuff?
1: Yeah, uh, well, she was pretty supportive there. Uh, I think we both had the idea that we want to do this once. Like, I I want to get in on this first round, so I'm going to apply broadly. And, you know, hopefully we'll get some choice, but if we don't and it's only one school, I, I guess that's where we're going. And there were definitely some schools uh, that I interviewed at, even, that my wife was not so sure about. Um <laughs> For what but reasons? Just the distance, the distance from family, the, you know, uprooting the family, going to a different region of the country, um, uh, you know, all that change. But, you know, in the end, she said, we're, we're doing this. So, you know, uh, if that's the only place you get into, <laughs> yeah. then I guess we're moving. Did um, she
0: go on the interviews with you to see the, the area where the school was and what the community looked like?
1: Uh, she did go on most with me. Uh, the furthest one, uh, she did not. It was in Arizona. Um, she didn't come with me there. That was also my first interview. Um, but to the others that were closer Midwest, uh, she, she went to all of them.
0: Would you recommend that for a significant other to go?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, and if you're you have kids, uh, we made it into a vacation for uh, one of the schools, which was nice, and then another one uh, where I interviewed was uh, near family, so that worked out really well. And then uh, there were a couple other schools that we were uh, very familiar with anyway. Um, the communities we were, we were familiar with the communities one we lived in, um, so yeah. But I would definitely encourage uh, you know. Even uh, bring your significant other, drive around, think about, you know, what it would be like to live in that area and logistically what it might look like. Uh, I think that's uh, it was good for us.
0: Yeah. Being a non-traditional student, struggling with your undergraduate performance, doing a postbac, coming from another career, having kids, having a family. How did you boil all of that down into 5,300 characters for the AMCAS personal (laughs) statement, 4,500 characters for the Akomas personal statement? How did you you figure out the story to tell?
1: Yeah, that was difficult. Uh, And I worked with you, uh, so you gave me a lot of guidance along the way. Uh, And I think what I started with in the beginning was nothing like what I ended with. Um, But I, I... I mean, I think there's this uh, pull to, to make a narrative out of it that talks about that whole meandering path. And that's, I mean, when your path is so long and there's so much stuff to include, you don't do any of it justice. Um, so focusing more on those formative experiences that, uh, and focusing on experiences that talk about why you... Uh, want to be a physician. That's really where, where I tried to focus on the personal statement.
0: Did your personal statement ever come up in any of your interviews?
1: No, I don't think it did. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody mentioned it other than, uh, there was a uh, one, one interview where they, uh, Looking at the personal statement, we're like, oh, yeah, you've had a lot of experiences and you're definitely a non traditional student.
0: Uh, <laughs> yep, yep, I am. Yeah,
1: yeah. But other than that, uh, you know, I, I, sometimes I often wondered did you actually even read the personal <laughs> statement uh, when I walked into the interview?
0: But, Being a non traditional student, doing your post back, having family, having having kids. What what was it like when it came to applying and and wondering, questioning if you had done enough?
1: Yeah, I think all the time. I there's this culture in the pre med world where I, I think you're always questioning: Have I done enough? Have I, uh, you know, checked enough boxes? And and uh, you know, and, and I fell into that. Um, I don't know that I should have. I think that a lot of it's wrong. Uh, but you know, you still wonder like, did I volunteer and, and put in enough hours? Um, I didn't put in as many hours as I, a lot of people that I was volunteering with. I had a family, I had, uh, you know, a lot to take care of at home, um, and my coursework. So, you know, I, I think we put all these things on us, uh, that, you know, we haven't done enough. We, we need to do more, um, and especially as a non-traditional student, you know, lean a little more on your experiences that you've had in the past. That's okay. I leaned on a lot of those, you know, I, I know one thing I wrote about, uh, in one of my activities, I did a bunch of work for Katrina relief. That was ages ago. Um, but it was really impactful for me. And, uh, you know, uh, lean on some of those older experiences, but then also show that you've still been volunteering and, and doing things recently and uh, try to talk about all of it.
0: What was the scariest part of the interview trail for you?
1: I went into it without a lot of fear. I guess I got a really early acceptance. So that helped me a lot. Um,
0: How, what, what is early?
1: Uh, It was August
0: that's very early.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, um, I applied both MD and DO and it was a DO school. And, um, you know, I, I felt really good that, Hey, I have an acceptance. So I have a fallback plan. Like (laughs) I'm going to keep going on. It was, you know, a school that I, I didn't know anything about when I applied to it, uh, found out that I really liked the school. Um, but it was a long ways from home. Uh, so, uh, but I, I always thought, hey, if I can't get into some of the schools that I am more interested in, then this seems like a great place for me to be. So um, I felt very fortunate to have that early acceptance. So I, I would say the biggest fear I had was going to that first interview and, you know, realizing that uh, I put in all this work. What if I don't get in? Um, but thankfully, two weeks after that interview, I, I did get an acceptance.
0: Do you feel like being a non-traditional student, having your background helped you in your interviews? Did, did, that, did that take up the majority of the conversation?
1: Yeah, it did. Uh, I, I remember one interview. Uh, I, oh, it was almost the entire interview. We talked about kids. Uh, you know, I have two kids. Um, both interviewers at that interview had kids. Um, so we we spent a lot of time talking about kids. Um, and then, uh, you know, I remember during an MMI, almost every MMI question I was pulling, you know, from old experiences from the business world or uh, I, I was a youth pastor way back when uh, and, you know, dealing with teens and and uh, a lot of, you know, e- even some more recent things, but all that experience made MMIs seem easy.
0: Looking back on your application year, having gotten multiple acceptances, what do you think you could have done even better? Mm.
1: Um, well, I, I wish I could have gotten the MCAT back. <laughs> but uh, ultimately, I got into the uh, uh, school that I... That my top school, the school I really wanted to get into uh, from the beginning. Um, but, you know, I think I could have improved on the MCAT. There are some classes I could have done a little bit better in. There were some more classes that I wanted to take um, that I think would have prepared, helped to prepare me for the MCAT a little more. But, uh, you know, I, I was able to do research. I think I was able to get a lot in. I I guess one thing... There were times where I probably spent too much time focusing on the studies, and I I wish I would have spent a little more time just with my family. Uh, in the end, you know it doesn't matter as much. And uh, when you're you already have that grade that you were looking for in that class, and you've you've got it by a good amount, you know that extra two or three hours of studying probably doesn't really matter that much. Uh, You know, I I could have spent, you know, those three hours with my family instead. So that's probably what I what I would have done differently.
0: What are you worried about moving forward, having a family and starting medical school?
1: Trying to to keep that time that I've I've, right now, I have a huge luxury uh, where I have as much time as I want to spend with my family uh, while I'm I'm waiting on classes to start this fall. Uh, so, you know, trying to maintain a healthy balance between studies and family and uh, um, trying to get that that time uh, with, with the family, I, I think, is is a big fear, I guess. Um, but I've been encouraged in talking to people uh, already who have said, hey, you can make this work, you know, uh, You just have to really schedule your time and say, I'm studying during this time frame and I'm spending time with my family, significant other, whatever, during this time frame.
0: For the non-traditional, not even the traditional student who's listening to this right now and struggling on their journey, what sort of words of wisdom do you have to encourage him or her to push forward?
1: You know, uh, stop doubting yourself so much, uh, keep persistent on on the studies and uh, but you know take take your breaks too. Um, and if you're really struggling with your classes or whatever, get help. I mean most most schools have uh, free tutoring or or uh, um, you know study sessions, help sessions that can help you to get there. Take advantage of the resources available to you. And the other thing, uh, call the med schools you want to apply to and and establish an early relationship, because I, I think that helped me along the way. And, uh, you know, I even when I would run into admissions people around campus, you know, they, hey, uh, hey, Nick, how you doing? Because I, I made those connections early on. And so they knew who I was.
0: All right, there you have it. Again, that was Nick and his journey to medical school, his struggles, his triumphs, what it's like to be a dad, a non-traditional dad going through this process, what it was like to be a student athlete going through the process, or not doing well going through the process to begin with. So hopefully you got something out of Nick's journey to give you some motivation, to give you some encouragement so that as you are on your journey When you hit those speed bumps along the way, and they will be there, they will be there, whether it's a a bad MCAT score, whether it's a poor GPA, it's a rejection from your first application cycle, those roadblocks will be there. It's a matter of how you respond to those roadblocks, those obstacles that determine your success in this process. Hope you have a great day, a great week. I'll see you next time when I have an amazing guest, a director of admissions from a large state school. Don't forget, go check out the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the MCAT at MCATbook.com. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the Pre-Med Years.